Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. And we have with us today a veteran from the Troy area near Dayton, Ohio, Selena Lloyd. Uh, she is the executive director of the Veteran Services Office with Miami County. Uh, welcome, Selena. We're glad to have you with us here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. And I understand you're originally from Georgia. Is that correct? Born and raised. That's yes. A Georgia peach with us here today. That's why I call myself a cold Georgia peach. There you go. Uh, so actually, uh, Selena started her military career with the Air Force Reserve uh, as a telecommunications operator. She later went on to Travis Air Force Base, Galena Air Base in Alaska, uh, Naranger in Woomera. Did I get that right? I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. Yes. But how do you really say it? It's a joint defense facility, Naranga, Woomera, Australia. Woomera in Australia. Yes. yes. Then uh, she went on to Patrick uh, Air Force Base in Florida, Goodfellow Air Force Base, San Angelo, Texas, and Randolph Air Force Base in Texas before she retired. Uh, then she went on to Aviano Air Base in Italy with her military spouse and uh, family before moving to Wright Pad Air Force Base and finally landing here in Dayton. Selena has been employed uh, with Job and Family Services as well as West Central Juvenile Rehabilitation Facility. And now she serves as the Executive Director of the Miami County Veteran Services Offices. Again, welcome, Selena. Thank you. So before we get to know a little bit more about you, uh, we're going to uh, play a little game here that we always play with our guest. It's that game that we call don't tell me, I think I know that. Uh, this is the game where we put our guests to the test of their military trivia and a game where our listeners can play along to see how see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae as ours are. Are you ready to take that challenge, Selena? If I wasn't, I will be. All right. That's the right <laughs> attitude to take. Okay. That's right. It's time for your first question. Okay, here we go. How long have women served in the U.S. military? Would it be A, since the Civil War, B, since the Korean War, C, since the Revolutionary War, or D, since the American-American War? Well, since you said served, I'm going to say Revolutionary War. That is correct. Although they weren't officially enlisted at first, women have served in the U.S. Army since 1775. In the 18th century, American women tended to the wounded, mm -hmm. washed and mended clothing, yes. and cooked for male troops. Yes. In 1779, Margaret Corbin became the first woman to receive a military pension. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, Corbin manned her husband's cannon after he was shot and killed in battle. Uh, Corbin was subsequently injured in the same battle and never fully recovered from the wounds. Um, I would say that was ample reason to receive a pension. Yes, for sure. Yes. Uh, for your second question, who was the first African-American woman to enlist in the 
Army. Now, I know you're an Air Force gal. Yes, right. I'm an Air Force is, woman. This, we were we in the Air Force were part of the Army before we became our own service. So we're going back a ways here. Uh, so the first woman to enlist in the Army, would that have been A, Vanessa Redgrave, B, Vanessa Williams? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> C, Kathy Williams, or D, Catherine the Great? Well, even if I didn't know the answer, I would say C, because you put the both names of C in the first two answers. There you go. That's right. In 1866, Kathy Williams was the first African-American woman to enlist in the Army, doing so under the pseudonym William Kathy. She was assigned to the 38th U.S. Infantry. Despite being hospitalized for illness several times, she managed to hide her gender for almost two years before a post-surgeon discovered she was a female, leading to her discharge. Now, I think she actually had a, a, another job as probably a spy. She could have gotten away with a lot, lot of uh, undercover work. So right. good for her. Um, now, here's your third and final question. In what year were women officially allowed to join the U.S. military? Would it be A, 1748, B, 1848, or C, 1948? It took all the way to the 19th century, so C. C, 1948 is the correct answer. Yes, in 1918, Loretta Walsh became the first woman to enlist as a woman. However, it wasn't until 1948 when then-President Truman signed the Women's Armed Services Integration Act into law, allowing women to serve full permanent members of the branches of all branches of the military. Women were officially allowed to join the U.S. military during the last two years of World War I, uh, and 33,000 of them signed up to work as nurses and in other support roles. Uh, you know, more than 400 nurses died serving in America, uh, serving America during the Great War. But yes, it wasn't until 1948 that they were actually officially allowed to join uh, all branches of the military service. So, Greg, Selena got three out of three right. What has she won for playing this game? Well, Selena, for playing this game. We have for you a set of four Dayton VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp in your next stellar space journey or whenever or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All compliments of the Dayton VA. Thank you so much. Yes. Coveted prize there, Chip yes. Clips. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from our Air Force veteran, Selena Lloyd, about her role as Executive Director of the Miami County Veteran Services Office. When I left the military, I had an issue with my hearing. I never had it checked then, but it continued to get worse as the years went on. I went to the VA. They helped me receive a disability rating so that I was eligible to receive care at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. 
And we're back with Air Force veteran Selena Lloyd. So tell us about Miami County Veteran Services Office. Selena, what, what do you do there? Well, I pretty much manage the office for the Board of Veterans um, Services Commissioners um, and oversee the staff. That is my job to make sure the office runs smoothly, take care of the veterans, take care of the widows, and any dependent children, as well as let the veterans know we are in that community to help them out. And you say take care of the veterans. That's an awesome responsibility. That's a lot you do there, actually. Yes, tell, that is so tell true. Tell us some of the things that you do for veterans. Well, right now, I'm going to say we got a three-leg stool program that I'm trying to convert to a four-leg chair program. Um, one of the last that we have is services, uh, service officer, of course, and everybody knows the veteran service officer for that, where they could go and file claims to the VA for benefits and everything. Um, that is one of the legs. But the true establishment of that office was the, of the two legs. The second leg is financial assistance to help veterans or widows of veterans who need help to, to get over a hump in a financial um, challenges and everything. So that is another leg. And then the third leg is the transportation program to bring veterans down to the Dayton VA for medical appointments and stuff so they can make the appointments. So that and your is the fourth three. leg that you're talking about now. Uh, where, fourth where leg to that? make it a full chair is looking at getting a social work case manager on board to go out and be the face of the office to our veterans who live alone or widows who live alone and have no family around because that's the society that we're starting to get into because children are steady moving away for jobs and everything. And we have so many seniors that just have no one around. And I don't like that with our veterans out there by themselves. So that's a leg you're adding to to the system here to, to take it from a stool to a chair. Is that something that uh, is a recent phenomenon, a need for that fourth leg? Uh, yes, I find it. You need the social services side of that house to be in contact because we get constant calls about this veteran is in this apartment by themselves and they really having a hard time making it. And so I want to know where they are. And we had a um, World War II veteran to pass and did not know it. And he was in subsidized housing. And I just didn't like that idea that and he had no family around. So no one be alone, not a veteran. And not a widow who's served their veteran's spouse. Right, right. Well, what do you find the most challenging uh, when helping with these veterans in the Miami County area? Well, I think it's not just the Miami County area. I think it's probably in all the county areas and stuff. Um, the most challenging is the veterans that you want to help. And it's like our society. The veteran population is no different from our society. It's the veterans you want to help, but you got to get them to help themselves. I mean, because... In every county, the money is property tax dollars. So we have a balance, executive director, the balance of money to help the veterans, but also respect the money of the people who is giving it to us, the property tax. So we got to have policies and procedures, and the veterans have to understand that. Right. Do you find uh, a lot of veterans reluctant to come to you? Um, well, it's like, once again, it's mirror society. You're going to have those who don't want to give up their uh, bank statements and that type of information, but we need to know that. We can't have someone who's sitting on a pot of money and then want the taxpayers to pay their utility bills or those type of things. Right. Or we can't have someone out there who is could be making it, but 
they are constantly not budgeting right. And we won't neg- negate them, but we want to teach them and send them the budget classes and everything. Because it's all about helping them, not fishing for them, mm-hmm. but teaching them how. Right. But do you find uh, do you find it a challenge to get veterans to come in and and uh, get beyond that uh, their pride uh, looking for help, looking for Um, assistance? That's more so in the service side of the house um, for claims. VA benefits, um, especially with service connected disability, Mm -hmm. because you still have that genre of that era that. I'm very loved, which is the World War II. We still have some World War II out there in your Korean War. And then your Vietnam veterans who, the way they came back, you know, a lot of them said, I'm done with the government. Don't want to be bothered with it because the way we got treated. So trying to get them in to get them to understand, hey, these benefits are here for you. Please come in and get them. It's a challenge. Absolutely. Yes. Um, What would you say to a veteran who might need your assistance but is reluctant uh, to, to come in for that help? Like anything, give us a try. We are there to serve you. We are veterans serving veterans. Or as in my administrative assistant case, daughters and children of veterans serving veterans. So we all have that passion to help veterans. Right. So, you know, like you said earlier, a big part of what you do is actually getting veterans to learn about their health care benefits to the VA. Uh, The VHA uh, is at times can be a little difficult to to navigate the system to get those benefits. Uh, you guys play a huge role in helping people yes. um, uh, navigate uh, that that sometimes treacherous water. It seems right. like uh, so. Tell us tell us how you help uh, veterans through that process. Well, one of the things we have to be out and about. We have to do outreach. Take the word out to them. And let them know. And then we also tell them, don't wait until you retire from your job uh, and then have to look at other health care. Go ahead and determine, do an eligibility form, the 1010 Easy, and apply and see where you stand so you can know and be ready and stuff. So, And then we also tell them, maybe you don't need the doctor, but you having a heart. Biggest thing a lot of people have in medical is the um, medication. Medication. So we say, get a doctor down there. Go see that doctor and let that doctor prescribe. And then you could get your medication from the VA. Because if there's always many sources from the VA Medical Center. Right. That's uh, that's one of the things that we learn when we're doing outreach in the community is that uh, people don't realize uh, that there are many, so many different aspects to Veteran Health Administration. Yes. Health care. Yes. Uh, that uh, it's it's might be advantageous just to uh, enroll with the VA for your medications. Yes, correct. Uh, you also might get uh, veteran-specific care that you wouldn't get out there uh, on the on the economy, uh, such as uh, help with PTSD. Yes. Uh, it, 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 it's the best place to turn when a veteran needs assistance. But you also had mentioned, too, about uh, getting that um, service disab- uh, service connected disability rating. Yes. Uh, and you guys play a huge part in that. Too. Very big part. Tell us a little bit about that, if you could. Um, the veteran come in and say they served in Vietnam and they was exposed to Agent Orange. And now they having um, diabetic, been diagnosed through their civilian doctor with diabetes and everything else. And so, and we could connect it back to Agent Orange. We 
submit paperwork for them for a claim and get the VA to recognize that. And then they say, no, they're getting compensated to help them as well as not just financial, but then for that disability, they could go to the VA and get medical care for it and anything that has to do with it. I'm 100% service connected. Are you? Yes, I am. And so I'm sure you find some other people who didn't realize that they might have gotten that service connection uh, and and found out that they were surprised. Uh, Yes. um, I'm assuming that, you know, you had mentioned, uh, too, that, uh, you know, a doctor might come up with a diagnosis and you can connect it to um, uh, a service uh, disability. Yes. The quickest thing is right now the Blue Water Navy. I have a Navy neighbor who we are getting, we submitted for benefits, uh, service connection, because he's got Parkinson, and they have na- made that one presumptive. So we have finally been able to file for him to get service connected. Uh, yes. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned uh, before, and that is that there's veterans in your office serving veterans. How, yes. many, how many veterans are in your um, office? Well, um, the drivers... I have a um, transportation coordinator who's a veteran, um, a driver, two drivers who are veterans, and one driver whose brother is a veteran. He just wanted to drive veterans down to the VA because he likes to drive and he wanted to do it for veterans. And then I have a service officer who's a veteran and myself. And then, of course, in every veteran services office, they have a five-member board who are all veterans. Okay. So it's veterans who are overseeing this office. Okay, and, and that's why you sound with so much passion. Uh, I saw you were getting emotional when you were going back and you were giving the story about the World War II veteran. Yes, um, yes. It, if I can ask you, what was your calling into the military? What was a, a defining moment that said, hey, I'm going to serve? Well, I always like camaraderie, unity, and um, order. I'm a very much an order person. So I was in ROTC in high school, three years, um, and I was drifting commander and everything else. So it was. I always saw that military line, and I had signed up for the army. But then I go, uh, no, the army's not me. <laughs> so while I was in school, and um, I did, I joined the reserve of the Air Force, and I then I went from the reserve to active duty. Yeah, and did 20 years. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. again, thank you for your service. It was my honor. Right there. It was my honor. Uh, we're going to continue with your story. Okay. But we're going to take a break first. That's fine. Okay. We'll be right back. I never needed the VA for anything until I found it difficult on my own. It was getting hard to take care of myself. Then I had a fall, which made it impossible. That's when the Dayton VA stepped up to the plate. I've had the best care anyone could ask for at the Community Living Center. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with Selena Lloyd from the Miami County Veterans Service Office. So, Selena, tell me, if you could, what was your favorite assignment in the Air Force Reserves? In the Reserve? Yes. I only did the one place was Dobbins Air Force Space, Georgia. 
in the reserve. Oh, and then you went active duty. Then I went active duty. So what was your fam- favorite assignment as active duty? Well, you're making that very difficult. I know. Each one of them has something special to me. Um, however, I think for what was done there that could not be, but could be done everywhere else, but because of where it's located, I'm going to say warmer Australia. For one, my oldest child was born there. But two, it was the fact that when uh, honor guard was needed for a veteran of the U.S. military who was living down there after the war, the Australian family was able to have an honor guard for him because we was able to provide that. Yeah. So that is what was special to me. And so what was it like to live there in, in that part of the world? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was relaxing because when they mean no worries, they really mean no worries. They are very relaxed uh, culture there and stuff. But it was just, it was a beautiful thing to come together with another country and their military and we worked together because it was significant while I was there because I was there during Desert Storm and I worked in the communication center where we got the data from the satellite and sent it over to the scope dopers. That's what we like to call them, those who monitor the scopes. So we was uh, very significant in detecting the Scud missiles when they went off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very, very vital part of the mission support there. So yes. fantastic. Yes, uh, tell me, um, what was it like to live in Italy? Well, did that top Australia? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was great. Uh, it was unique because we had to live among which it did in Australia as well, but we really had to live among the uh, community because there is no particular base housing there. They have communities that are built up for the military in certain areas, but they still among the Italian community. And I lived in an Italian home and I just thought it was great to teach my daughters who was kind of like early elementary, mid elementary, to go into a house and they say, mom, what are those blinds for? Well, we roll down the blinds and it's totally dark in the house. And I said, babe, that goes back to World War One, World War Two, mm-hmm. when they had to black out. Mm-hmm. And that's what they used to black out to make sure no light is coming from the home. Wow. So that's amazing. Yeah. If I can ask you, Selena, when did you decide to make it a career? I think I made a career every four years. <laughs> it's like, I got to go further. I got to go further this stuff because I, I went from being um, communications. And I think that's when I made a career, when I went from being communication after Wilmer, Australia, to human relations. When the Air Force stood up, they programmed EO Equal Opportunity 2000, and they needed people in it to teach it. I changed career field. And that's when I said, because I'm all about people. And okay. unity and diversity. And so when I was able to go in that, by that time, I was at the 10 point. It's like, I'm not stopping now. Might as well go all the way. Uh-huh. And I was able to teach those classes. And by the time we finished that program, I only had about three or four years left. Mm-hmm. So. And what would you uh, suggest to a young person who's kind of straddling the fence between service or uh, finding their way? Uh, I always say if you, I'll, my belief is if a young person coming out of high school hasn't figured out what they want to do, two to three years in the military would give them time to figure it out instead of, I mean, nothing to college. 
but two to three years wondering college, you coming up with a lot of debt. But two to three years in the military, you're taken care of, you got housing, you got food, you got uniforms, and you're also making money. And they also teach you how to grow up, teach you how to manage your money, teach you about community responsibility and unity and pride in country. Yes. Okay. Now, we're going to twist things around here. Let's twist. Spin it, spin it around. Just don't and get that me dizzy. Is, okay. <laughs> we're going to come back to the VA because okay. you had mentioned that you were 100%. Yeah. Uh, when did you, and what was your first impressions when you started going to the VA? Well, when I retired from the Air Force, I initially was with the TRICARE because um, I was married at the time when I retired and everything and we, when we came back here. So I was initially with his medical insurance, which was civilian. And then when we divorced, I went with my TRICARE. Um, but then I had to go to the VA. I can't remember what it was for, but the eligibility, they're like, you need to bring your medical over here because this will help the VA and the women's clinic. And I like, okay, anything to do to help. So I've been at the VA uh, for four years now, I think. Yes, with the women's clinic, which has been working pretty well. Mm-hmm. So the folks at Wright Pat uh, at, the, at the medical center there were the ones that really put you on to the VA first. Your, no, your eligibility center at the VA medical center. Okay. Mm-hmm. I came over to the VA for something, and okay. was, and then like, they she suggested that to bring it, my medical over to the VA, and I go okay if it helps out and help the VA with funding and stuff, I'm all for it. So, and, so, and it's been a blessing. It's and, been a blessing. And so there was some apprehension at first. Um. The dry. That was the only apprehension. Yeah. I mean, then I, but then I found out, well, I'm kind of making it better because when I need medication, I could get it delivered to me versus right pat when I had to drive down there all the time for a refill. And I said, because I'm all about when I'm at work, I'm at work and I don't like <laughs> to leave and take the time out. So if I could get my medication delivered to me, because I get so busy, I think you were saying that earlier, Scott, how. 10 o'clock is sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> Get yes. together time. And this is amazing. an early early morning for us here in the podcast studio. It's before 10, <laughs> and I haven't had all my coffee yet. Yes, so. so I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, oh, I need a refill of my prescription. And then I go, I need to call it in. Then I'm thinking, get back to work. And three days later, ah, I forgot to call my refill in. But I have no problem with that with the VA Medical Center. Not at all. So it works really well. And you mentioned the women's clinic. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you Have you ever had that kind of experience anywhere else where you had a clinic that was devoted strictly to the care of, of women and, and more specifically to female veterans? No, have not. Not and, at all. And tell us what your experience with the, with, with the women's clinic at the VA has been. It has been helpful, focused on things that medical issues that women have, and the doctors understand it more and would delve into it more because they understand women issues. And so that is a great thing right there. Instead of trying to get a doctor, well, this is happening. No, I can't, I can't see that. Well, understand. But when I tell a female doctor or a doctor who focuses on women issues, they go, yeah, I've heard a lot of women who go through that. 
So. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're in that business where you talk to veterans all the time and you're always talking to them about, hey, here's some uh, opportunities you should take advantage of. Here's some benefits that you might be eligible for. Uh, what do you tell those veterans who are apprehensive about getting their health care through the VA? I tell them, give it a try. And if something happened, always go to the They got offices there to go and talk to somebody about it and see. And so they could address the issue and stuff. Nothing is 100% perfect. However, the VA is there for veterans. And I know I haven't had any bad events or anything at the Dayton VA Medical Center. Um, everything has changes that going on. Everything has, everything, the program itself is great. You cannot judge the program itself by the people within the program because every person is different. So if you have an issue with just a person, address that with the agency that is there at the VA Medical Center. But don't knock the whole VA because of that one person. Absolutely. And we actually have a great office there at the VA called Patient Advocacy. Correct. That uh, the, all you have to do is walk up to the window and they will have an advocate uh, come uh, talk to you about your issues, uh, whatever those issues might be, even if it's just a simple suggestion about how you might think things could be improved. Uh, and, and they really uh, take uh, all those suggestions very seriously. So thank you for bringing that well, up. Well, I tell them also could bring it to me and I'll be happy to call in and talk to them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks again uh, to our guest, Selena, for joining us today. Uh, you know, we really enjoyed hearing your story as we enjoy hearing stories from all our veterans from, Thank the, you. from the area in the Southwest Ohio region. And uh, really appreciate you for taking time uh, from your busy schedule to join us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I was in the military, and I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or have been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our enrollment and eligibility office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov slash health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. 
or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.